Welcome to this week in Skiza Athletics. This is your host, Neil Minton, with my co-host, Rip Ripley. How are we doing, Coach? Doing well, doing well. Kind of an interesting week, not only with, uh, you know, we're an election site here at Wilson Hall, so we didn't have school yesterday. We don't have school Friday because of Veterans Day. We also have uh, tropical storm, depression, hurricane, Nicole looming out in the Atlantic. So it's it's, it's been an interesting week so far. Yeah, if um, you guys are like me, we've been answering phone calls and yep. talking to, I mean, media and press. And for you guys, I'm sure the person who keeps the gate does concession stand Correct. and the clock oh, keeper yeah. and the referees and everybody wants to know. And it's like, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes I'm like, you will know when yes, we know. we will let you know. Yeah, yeah we will let you know. <laughs> um, but no, Absolutely. that's that's part of the job for sure. You know that. Right. But I'm um, trying to communicate all the time because, look, everybody's got stuff to do, man. Everybody's trying yeah. to make plans. So um, that's right. Well, let's talk about, first off, what is the plan right now for the Skiza State semifinals? All right. Who is playing when? So, so as of yesterday, and this is what uh, Mike Fanning sent out, we've got – uh tonight so wednesday night so we're recording a day early this week so wednesday night we've got pinewood at pd trinity collegiate at lawrence manning and richard Wynn at holly hill uh skills still scheduled for thursday night although i've heard that one may get moved back to friday right now is porting out at hammond um and then friday and saturday is everybody else calhoun thomas hayward and st john's lee have already moved to saturday and from my understanding everybody else which is far as christian wilson all Colin Prep, Buford, Bethesda, Williamsburg, and Faith at WWE King are also scheduled for Friday, kind of with the the flex option of moving to Saturday, depending on how this storm comes through. I think, you know, what everybody's kind of seeing is I think the storm will be through by Friday, but it's a field condition question. Like what, you know, the rain's supposed to end at five o'clock on Friday, four o'clock, five o'clock. So technically, yes, uh, the storm will be done, but what kind of shape will the field, the bleachers, the parking lots, all that kind of stuff be? And I think we'll could push some of these games to Saturday as well. Right. So there's so many different factors from an athletic director side. And then I can slash and turn on the football side. So Adam's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to play in a rainstorm with the hurricane blowing snow around when we play. That just yeah. fits our style a little bit, right? But sure. obviously, you know, we live in a different world than we did, you know, 30, 40 years ago too, where, yeah. you know, sometimes you would show up on Friday, you didn't know what the weather's going to be. But now it yeah. seems like everybody knows, right? So, sure. um, you know, you got to account for travel and – you know, I've been asked, why does Skiza not just tell everybody when to play? And yeah. I thought that's that's from the outside sounds like a good question. I haven't talked to Mr. Fanning or, or wouldn't ask him this anyway. But, you know, my needs are different than Porter Gow's needs. Sure. Or a Hilton Head's needs, right? Mm-hmm. Or an upstate versus an upstate game. You know, I know that's not the case. But if Richard Wynn was playing WW King in the yeah. semifinals, that's a lot different than yeah. the Hilton Head prep and Christian playing. So, that's why it's almost just like our government, right? I mean, you got you got big needs yeah. and you got small needs and you got to meet yeah. your own. Um, so um that that's probably the reason why it's only, sure. only question. No, I, I agree with that. I think that you know Mike wants to make sure that the schools involved with each decision are both happy. Like say, you know, because say Mike had said, All right, well, guess what? We're moving all games to Wednesday night. All right, well, Florence Christian, hand up. Hey guys, we can't do that. You know what I mean? Like that'd be a quick you know, because y'all school is set around the church and, and y'all have stuff Wednesday night that goes on and y'all seriously don't play on Wednesday night, as do a few other schools on this list that have, you know, Faith Christian, I would imagine, would have a hard time with that as they're based out of a church down there in Charleston. So there's other schools that have that same issue. And so he, it's hard to just make that blanket statement, um, you know, whereas some other schools may say, hey, we don't want to do it the weekend because we've got a long weekend. We've got no school Friday. we got people going out of town. We've got a, a youth group trip going to skiing i mean you never know what's going on and so i think 
that's kind of the take Mike does. He'll step in when needed. If you have two schools, like if you were saying, you know, you and Adam Jarecki talked about our game specifically, if, if Wilson Hall and Florence Christian just said, look, we are at an impasse, we cannot make a decision. I think then Mike would step in and say, okay, give me your argument, give me your argument, I'll make the call. But I think he tries to allow the schools to make those decisions as best they can. Right. All right, so so that's the schedule right now, and then you know the all right. So Monday, if you Monday morning, thirty phone calls, at least thirty phone calls going on Monday, and you know people were, I say, making the jump to change to Thursday, and then you know a lot of people are like, well, let's wait overnight and see, and then what happens? It, it speeds up, and then you just, sure. you just can't control the storm, you know. So yeah. now if you jump to Thursday, now you're jumping hoops to move it back, possibly, and waiting. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but. Uh, what no, I and it's, it's similar to it's similar the last hurricane we had, right? I mean, the, the same kind of thing happened where, yeah, we knew the storm was coming. People moved to Thursday. Well, then those Thursday games didn't happen because the storm accelerated and went up. Or, um, and it just easily could have slowed down when the front came through and, and the Saturday games would have been in trouble. So it is hard. We want to make an informed decision as early as we can, but there should be a reasonable a reasonable set of time to allow that decision to be made. It can't be, Hey, Monday, we're making it and we're sticking to it no matter what, because things do change. Right. Well, um, well, let's, let's talk about the games. Well, that's first it. off, before we talk about the games, let's talk about some stuff that's happened, I guess, in skis over the past mm-hmm. week. So yep. um, one thing is um, first Baptist head coach, Johnny Waters, um, I guess resigns, I, I guess mm-hmm. to retire. I haven't talked to him. I'm going to call him. Um, yeah. I know he's got everybody else talking to everybody in the world. He sent it. Wrote a very nice letter to First Baptist. First yep. Baptist released a very nice letter publicly about him. Um, so what are your thoughts here? You know, I mean, Johnny obviously had success. He was there, I think the letter said, for 11 seasons. Is that right? I think nine. Nine, nine. okay. Yeah. They won a couple state championships. They were in a few state semifinals at the 4A level in a, in a time when they were playing, quote, up. Uh, they actually had voluntarily, them and, and Trinity both, uh, felt they could compete at a higher level than even they were classified for a few years in there. And so they did. Um, and so, you know, First Baptist always, since he was there, had some, they had some good athletes, they had some good teams, they had, um, it's good. so it'll be interesting to see, though, how the culture and landscape changes a little bit at First Baptist um, with, with him leaving. Yeah, so I agree with that. And, you know, his first year, they were 0-10. Mm-hmm. Um, he hired some, uh, you know, really changed the staff around. A lot different, more kids came in. Yeah. But also the school has has changed. And that's what mm-hmm. happens over the course of time. The, the school has moved campuses, half yep. of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, new administrator, you know, yep. that happens at different schools, you know, constantly at a lot of schools, you know, some of us are spoiled by having, you know, a friend Moulton there forever sure. or Jim Barry, Jim Barry's yeah. one of the most tenured um, principals yeah. in skis as well. And, you know, so stuff that changes, man, you get different yeah. board members and different emphasis and everything else, but, but Johnny did a good job. And um, so he'll be missed and I don't, we'll see what happens. You know, a lot of times I've seen coaches retire or step back and then all of a sudden they're on the sideline the next year, whether oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they show or, somewhere else for sure. Yeah. So, um, but good luck to Johnny. And mm-hmm. also um, Northwood Academy has hired a new coach as well. And I had his name and then I lost it. So I apologize. I'm gonna have to look that up. But so Northwood has hired a new coach and I know that he was played at Notre Dame, played in the NFL. Um, I think his, kids went there i hope you're looking ripped because i cannot find it i am because i actually hadn't heard that yeah so um they they put a press release. former uh notre dame center and caught and caught charleston southern assistant coach armando allen there you go coach allen that's right so um so he's been hired there as their football coach is um you know they've kind of gone through a few coaches last few years in northwood another school in a good location with a kind of a relatively new campus yep. with a new administrator um, in generally the same area. So, um, 
you know, that'll be interesting to see how Coach Allen does. You know, Northwood has – they have great facilities. They have good athletes. Um, you know, participation has been up and down for them over, over the last few years. So, um, yeah. wish both of them the best, and Coach Allen and, you know, all the coaches who are, are moving on to different places. Yeah. And, and I think the coach that was there was kind of a fill-in guy who his, yeah. his family moved down here. And mm-hmm. But – um. So that's that's news right now, and I'm sure that won't be the only two, but that just happened really fast at the end of the yeah, season. So. Yeah, those are those are both situations where they kind of announced it pretty quickly once their season's ended. I think that yeah, I mean every year you kind of have that. It's not quite like the NFL Black Monday, right? Where you, <laughs> right, you know, the, the Monday after the season, you have all these coaching changes. But I think that you know over the coming months we do see some of that, and football is always one of the tougher ones because you know a lot of times as a football coach, and you know this, you want to go ahead and 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 get to where you're going but you're still under contract with your current school right and so you know you've got to kind of figure out do I finish out the school year can I start early at my next school like how does that dynamic work um you know some schools say hey you know what go ahead and go to your new school because you know we know that's where you're going to be it'd be weird to be going to spring practice at one school and then coming to work at the other one I mean they want to get a new coach in so there's a lot of other dynamics that go along with that as well with football more than you know if you're a basketball coach or a baseball or a softball coach. I mean, it's kind of the end of the school year. So those decisions are made a little bit later, typically. Uh, but a lot of times with your football coaches, those decisions will be made the next couple of months. Yeah. Cause I think it's, a, it's important for your culture, you know, mm-hmm. are, are your kids in there in the weight room working out? Are they dedicated to off season stuff? Um, and you want to build some kind of excitement if you're new. Yeah. I know um, when we transitioned here, I can't believe it, 11 years ago, it's hard to say that. You know, I had enough days. Colin Prep had their new coach, Leroy Riley, who was at Colin County or Waterboro High for years, yep. coming in to, to take my place. So, you know, we all kind of met and sat down and talked. And so we we planned spring practices for the same dates. We did work together. Yep. So I was out the office for two weeks. He was in the office for two weeks. Gotcha. And I stayed with yep. my mom and dad in Florence most of the time and are in Darlington. And we came over and, and it was a good transition. And Coach Miles, who was the coach here, who was still working here, you know, he just stepped away and, and – you know, yeah. outside and just kind of let us get rolling. It was very beneficial for both both teams, you know, and yeah. and, and that's what you want to happen in, in a perfect world. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's that's definitely what what you hope will happen. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't always work quite that smoothly sometimes, but but that is what you hope would happen. Right. All right. So a couple other um issues here before we start talking about the game. Okay. Um, some regions have already released all region teams. <laughs> Seen yep. some of that, and other regions have not. Um. Now, just for people who are listening who don't know, Skiza traditionally, for most sports, sends out somewhat of a, I don't know what's the word, a model, I guess, of how you can do it. But all region is left up to the region coaches to meet and decide how they want to do all region. Yep. I have been asked, Rip, should Skiza have a standard all region for all classifications across the board for each sport? So I think it's an interesting question. I think the hard part with that is your sizes of your regions are so different in certain sports. All right. And so like take, I'll take our region, for example, your old region, right? So last year in softball uh, for our region, we only had three teams in our region that had a softball team. All right. Meanwhile, there might've been a two A region that included that, you know, the, the old, the Calhoun Dorchester uh, Calden prep, like that belt, right. Where you've got, six or seven teams in there. All right. So if we, if my, if, if Skiza comes out and says, Hey, you can have, you only have 10 kids make the all-star team for softball, no matter what your region is. Well, that makes it tough. Cause now you've got a team, a region with three teams versus a region with seven teams. You know, how is that apples to apples? Um, you know, so what we've done over the years is Mike, and he kind of does send some guidelines on, Hey, it should be roughly this number. Uh, typically, 
you know, in the 10 to 15 range, depending on the sport. And and that's something too, with different sports are different as well. You know, basketball, you know, you kind of have, it's an easier comparing a guard to a center, although it's different people, their stats are the same, right? You go volleyball, you go softball, you go uh, sports like that. You're comparing apples to oranges, even the stats, right? How do I compare that setter in volleyball to a hitter in volleyball on your team? Who's more important to whose team, you know? Um, right. You know, how is that paid? How is the, the way teams are picked can be different region to region. You know, I think that's, it's an interesting question. I think that Mike does have a default mode. If I'm not mistaken, there is a default way that he says, this is how it's done. However, like we said with the football games, he gives that authority to the regions to adjust that if they all agree on it. Right. So the football to me is always been hard because, um, you know, let's say when I was at Colin Prep, I'm pretty sure I had about nine or 10 guys going both ways all the time. Right. So if you didn't get it as on offense, you know, kind of defense, but now that we're a little bigger school, our goals are trying to get everybody going one way. And that's obviously not what happens here at Hammond. It does, you know, but um, you know, you're talking about 22 positions, not counting kicker and kick return and all these different specialists. Right. So if you just do a first team, you still could have 25 kids Mm -hmm. on the team, which sounds like an awful lot. Yeah. But then when you, Break it down. Let's say I know um, Lee Academy. Their region had three or four teams. Well, that's different now. Also, we don't even really have regions. We have one yeah. big classification. Yeah. Um, and that's tough. One, yeah. we're not going to be able to meet, you know, geographically. Yeah. And then, you know, how how do you decide um, who makes all region? And because you're now you're talking about like a big region, you got nine teams. So you know, um, now, it makes now it tough. You do, I will say this: it's the timing of it is what makes it a little more difficult. But like you do say, we can't meet, and that's one thing that I feel like. I feel like we struggle with the skis a little bit because I think that 10 years ago we do meet, you know, I think that 10 years ago we make that a priority. That, hey, on a Tuesday morning, we're meeting at the Shoney's off of I-95 and I-26 and we're getting everybody together and we're meeting, you know, and, yeah. and it's a priority. And right. yeah, I know we got playoff week for some people and I know that we've got week 10 schedule or whatever we're doing, but, but it's a priority to do that. And I feel like more and more, and, and it's kind of an effect of COVID and Hey, we're guilty of it right now. We're zooming this podcast right now. Right. right like right. it's so much easier to do over zoom or to just say, ah, just email me your, your nominations and I'll put a list. Of, I'll email that list out to everybody and you can vote and send back to me. And we lose some of that personal contact that we may have had in the past. So, so a little side rant there. Yeah, but no, I, no, but I, but I also believe that's good for the sportsmanship and mm-hmm. the gamesmanship, like I remember meeting at Shoney's with Don Shelley and Adam Drecke and Stanley Gruber and Brock Miller just being a little assistant men there and one cracking up laughing for yeah, a good two hours, <laughs> but also eating a lot of food and you know, just getting to know people is a good a good deal. So yeah. um, because like you know, and we kind of talked about this with um, I think with Adam, like I I I love playing Adam because he's such a good coach, and like I'm terrified to play him the second time because I know he's gonna out coach me. Like I'm just praying we outplay him, right? But then at the same time, like, you know, I, I really have a lot of love for Adam. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, like David Rankin, Don Shelley, David Rankin, I had this conversation, like, I want to go beat the crap out of Don Shelley, and after the game, we're going to laugh and have a good time, right? right? But, like, some people, you know, a lot of coaches like to make the other team the villain mm-hmm. or the bad guy. Yeah. It's harder to do that with people that you care about, to be honest, sure. even as coaches. Now, sometimes the players give you what you need. But, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's different. But now those relationships aren't formed as much. Mm-hmm. I don't see those relationships with the younger coaches as much. Yeah. You don't feel like, you know, if I show up, I, I expect a certain thing from certain coaches going to come say, hello, how you doing? Yeah. Give me a hug. Hey, nice to see you. Good luck. Hope everybody's healthy. And they generally mean it. Sure. Everybody else is going to send an assistant coach with a gator. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and that's okay. But that's yeah. just, that's, that's, it's different now, you know, and, yeah. and all that does tie into that. And I think, you know, I think the guys used to want to meet and vote for all reading because they Correct. wanted to get together. Correct. Like, and, I, I don't mean this in a bad way for, uh, I don't, I hope, uh, None of our administrators say it's that way, but also like you get a morning off of school and you get to go get a stub and go hang out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I always sure. look forward to that part. I mean, you know, you'd say, you know, yeah, I got a meeting, you know, I've, I was lucky when I was at Orangeburg actually. Um, I don't remember, and I don't remember why they agree, but at the time, it, you know, Charles Smith had just stepped down uh, as the, as the AD at Wilson hall. And, and so it was co-director and it was um, and, and uh, Todd Layton at OP at the time. Um, y'all may not, Florence Richard may not have been in our region yet. I think at the time it was so Thomas Sumter with Morgan Watt. It was Lawrence Manning with, um, I think Ken Callahan was 80 at the time anyway. And they, they named me the region chairperson. So I was kind of the, kind of like you're saying, like, you got to tag along to some of those meetings. Like I always used to like to go. Cause again, my brain, I love scheduling. Like I like the puzzle. I like the figuring Mm -hmm. it out. I like, but I also enjoy the camaraderie and this and the, and the getting to know it might, at that time I was a 25, 26 year old, you know, young coach trying to figure this league out and meet more people outside of our little bubble in Orangeburg. And so, um, you know, I, I always enjoyed that time of going to those meetings and it's hard, you know, some years it's kind of tense and people just come in and all right, let's schedule and go home. And then other groups, like I mentioned last time, I, I crashed the Columbia region meeting a few weeks ago. I mean, they're sitting there busting chops and having fun and, and, you know, breaking bread and eating and, and someone went and played golf afterwards and, you know, kind of made a day of it. And I think we missed some of that, but um, kind of getting back to our point though, about all region stuff, I think that, you know, again, though, that needs to become a priority for some of these regions to select them. But also I do agree that there should be, could be a little more guidance in terms of, you know, how that selection process goes with the different size regions or the, you know, like you say, 3A, 4A, we just got to do one massive team. And when I say team, though, it's multiple teams. Like it's a first team, second team, third team, fourth team, honorable mention, whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that can be awarded there. Some schools, you know, questionably might make up some honors they post on social media. They just go, <laughs> Hold up. How did, you know, I saw right. last week, a, a, you know, I won't get that. There's, there was a graphic posted of a coach that, uh, of a team that won, like, it was, you know, skis a player of the year, skis a coach of the year. I can't remember what it was. What was their region? award but the way it posted made it sound they were the statewide award right so like little things like that make it tricky too because then kids at other schools are going hold up wait what when did that happen i didn't get that recognition i never heard about that why wasn't i considered you know yeah and and the the social media has changed all that a lot you know i've seen i'm not saying what team or what i'll never do that but there was a year where a team who had one win Mm -hmm. um they had like three all-region players and then they posted like seven or eight you know honorable mention yeah. you know, that made a team. And I'm like, they had one win. And yeah. I'm over here, our region. I remember I had Jolly Doolittle from Greenwood Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I, he's, he's a great guy. We wanted to make sure when we kind of were in charge of that, we didn't want to water down our all region. You know, sure. our big things, we wanted to mean something. Yep. So then we come out of there with a seven win team, not saying my team, but a seven win team that had four guys make all region. Yeah. And this one win team from another region has got all these guys. And, you know, and I did, I had parents like, well, what's going on? I don't understand. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't either. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, that's but a question. yeah, that's um, and part of it too, comes back to understanding the difference in the different awards that we give in Skeezer, right? So you've got, you know, you've got all region, right? All region is kind of your first hurdle that you go through. And this is something important. I hope people do here. Like you've got all region, which is your first checkpoint. That's where the coaches in that region meet and vote for the other team's players. Um, then you've got all stars, uh, which in certain sports comes from your all region list. So now it doesn't mean that everyone who makes all region makes all stars, all right, but that initial list of all-stars is drawn from your all-region list. 
And then some years in some sports, we have an all-state team that's selected by Skiza, which is where they take the top players from each region team and kind of narrow it down that way. Now, uh, depends on the year. Some years we get that all-state list. Some years we don't. Um, some years we don't get it till a little bit later. Um, so it depends. Usually your major sports, you kind of get it. Some sports are easy, like cross-country. Well, all-state's pretty easy. Top 10 finishers, you're all-state. Congratulate. You know, that was an easy cut-and-dry thing to post. Um, you know, for some other sports, it's a little bit tougher to, to make those lists. All right. And and yeah. I'm, I think I'm easy to say that we as coaches have a lot less say in it than I think mm-hmm. parents think we do. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've nominated players in the past and other coaches like, who is that? What number is yeah. that person? I don't know who that is. And if that's there, then, you know, I can't help that. You know, I mean, yeah. and at the same time, I've, I've been the same way. And I'm like, I don't remember that guy. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's hard to say. And yeah. then, um, you know, some players miss region games or yeah. they have great stats against the 1A team that's 0-10 yeah. and, yeah. you know, get mistaken for the region stats. You know, those yeah. are different. But anyway, that's sure. – well, let's, nobody wants to hear us talk about that, Rip. It's time to move on to football. Okay, let's so let's, let's start us out in eight, man. We are in the state semifinals. All right, I got um, Richard Wynn, seven and three at Holly Hill. They play tonight, all right? Is that what you get? Wednesday night, Wednesday night, yep. All right, first matchup, Holly Hill beat Richard Wynn 60 to 34. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance here if Richard Wynn makes a change here on this one? Yeah, I, th- I think Richard Wynn's got a good team. They've had a good year. I think all – Four of these teams are in the in the eight man finals are, are solid teams. They've had good seasons. I think it's Holly Hills to lose. Um, I think Holly Hills certainly, you know, I think the short week maybe helps Holly Hill even more because uh, it gives Richard Wynn a little bit less time to game plan for maybe some changes they would have had coming off a win last week. But um, I think it's a very tall task tonight for Richard Wynn for sure. Yeah. Now, the game I'm excited about on the other half, um, Kings mm-hmm. Academy, they're 10 and 1. Their only loss was um, to Richard Wynn. And they're playing Faith Christian, who I've kind of been high on. Now, Faith Christian's yeah. eight and two, um, had the closest game with Holly Hill this year. They also lost, um, I had them on Max Perth losing to Jefferson Davis 12 to yeah. six back in August. Yes. Well, then they turn around and play Jeff Davis um later and beat them 52 to nothing. Yes. So to me, that shows a team that's improved a lot or had Absolutely. some players out or something. You know, I mean, I haven't seen them. So, but I was looking at, you know, kind of comparing this game. I think it's a big time game. I think a lot of their scores are comparable against the mm-hmm. teams they played, you know. Yep. So they look pretty even on paper. Yep. Um, King Academy's five and zero at home. Mm-hmm. Faith Christian four and zero on the road. So yep. something's got to give, my something's friend. Something's got to give. That's right. Got to give. Um, that man. game's scheduled scheduled right now for Friday night. Still, and I agree. I, you know, I think Faith Christian's having a really good year overall. WWE King's kind of one of your perennial eight man teams, right? They're usually in the conversation late in the season. Um, Faith Christian kind of more your after, like you mentioned, a team that's gotten better as the year's gone on and really had some impressive weeks lately, like you mentioned, the big win over Jeff Davis. Um, you know, but I, I think this will be an interesting game. I think this will be a really tight one. I could see I could see Faith Christian uh coming away with the upset here on the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to be loyal to WW King, like you said, because they're always there. But yeah. for some reason in my gut, I'm saying Faith Christian's gonna pull this off. I don't know, yeah. but I think it's gonna go down to the wire. I really do. Absolutely. All right, so one A. Couple it couple of games, honestly, all year long that we have not acted like would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Now for me, have become very interesting games. Yeah. All right. So, Leah, let's start with um Lee Academy. Lee Academy is going to host St. John's Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, St. John's Christian has really been surging as of late. Yeah. Um, they look really really good. Um, they got some good players. Um, what what are you what are you thinking here? You know, I, I think with both these games, both these games are on Saturday. All right. So both of them already moved to Saturday, both the St. John's League game and the Calhoun Thomas Hayward game. Yeah, you know, I think it again, it's it's 
kind of the collision course we've seen all year. Thomas Hayward and Lee, uh, I think, are on that collision course still. I think they're still the favorites. They're playing at home. But I definitely think of the two games, I think St. John's definitely has a shot here against Lee. They've been playing well. Calhoun's been playing well, too. I mean, Calhoun's had a really good season with Coach Todd Layton over there. Um, and and I, I do think Lee has kind of emerged early season. I think everybody thought it was – a, a one-horse race with Thomas Hayward. Now, I think Lee Academy, kind of, if we were still doing our rankings, which we stopped doing for playoffs, but I think they would maybe number one now. And maybe, and maybe Lee in the driver's seat a little bit. So, kind yeah, of an so interesting switch I, there. Yeah, St. John's Christian was 49-36 against Lee the first time, which sounds mm-hmm. close, but I think they scored one late. I think, yeah. you know, Lee controlled the game. Um, now, Calhoun has not played Thomas Hayward, but Calhoun, I mean, the last few games – Look at listen to the defense here now. I mean, they did look after losing to Lee, and you know, they beat Kings 42 13, Clarendon Hall 28 6, Dorchester 37 6, Clarendon Hall again 29 6. So, you know, defense has been playing pretty well. They're 10 and 2. They obviously can play. Yeah. You know, they've had some good games. They, you know, they beat an Orangeburg prep in a bigger classification. They beat a Patrick Henry, who's a good, you know, yeah. been in that spot. So it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, Calhoun, if they can control the ball and keep. Yeah. Um, the ball out of Hayward's athletes' hands as much as possible. Yeah, and I definitely think they could win this football game, but um, and and it's going to be a close one. Um, but um, Absolutely. you know Hayward, Hayward, I guess still has to be the favorite there. But I think that yeah. that's a toss up to me. And in yeah. Lee Academy, you know, they're just so good up front. Like I said, I said last yeah. week on the Moving the Chains um episode. If you haven't checked that out, go check out Moving the Chains last week. See how well we did. Um, but Lee Academy up front, David Rankin, you know he's going to be tough to beat this time. Absolutely. Of year. Yeah. I agree. So, um, what about two A? Are you ready? I mean, two A to me, I think, has the game of the week overall. I think Colton Prep at Buford Academy is is possibly the overall game of the week in Skiza. I mean, this is a game that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was a dead last play, correct? The, the first yeah, time they went played. down. Yeah, Colin Prep scored. They went for two. Went for two. Didn't get it, and and ended up you know, inadvertently ended up costing home foot advantage for this second round playoff game, right? I mean, if they get that, they get – I mean, that's a risk you take as a coach. You get that conversion, you're hosting second round, you know, Buford able to stop them. Um, but but I think this is a really, really interesting game going to Buford Academy. Um, really looking forward to that. That's slated right now for Friday night, as is Bethesda at Williamsburg. You know, Bethesda, that team that, you know, Williamsburg has just been a powerhouse all year – Bethesda is one of those teams that they've got the athletes, they've got the speed, they've got some talent in the skill position, especially if they can find a way to try to get outside on, on Williamsburg and, and, and create space and try to make plays in space. You know, maybe they can stick around a little bit there. Williamsburg, I think, clearly the favorite still. Um, but, but yeah, that Colin Prep Buford game, I'm really curious about. Yeah, so Colin Prep, their you know, quarterback, um, Cole Davis, man, he's a stud. And now the first game was 20 to 19. Um, Cole Davis got his twin brother actually is the running back, kind of unique. Just our team's the same way. Yep. It's kind of funny. But I do know about Buford. They're going down there. The storm is going to be even further out of the way when you go yep. south. However, that field's going to be wet. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's going to be a factor. And sure. you know, I'm curious to see how that's going to go um for them. And yeah, and then I got to make a correction. I did Williamsburg quarterbacks is um Conrad Balder. I called yeah. him Calder last week, and I oh. should know better because he has whipped my tail two years in a row personally. <laughs> so, you know, I want to apologize to him personally because he is one heck of a football player. Yeah. Um, him and stepbrother T. Ward at linebacker. Those two guys, I think Bethesda is very talented. I think they're playing really good ball. However, those two kids are going to get it done in the offensive yeah. line, Tyler Boyd and Don Shelley's team. They're going to move on. Um, but, yeah, I agree that Colin Prep is going to be a great game. All right. Let's move to 3A, and we have the first 3A game is going to be tonight, 6.30 at the lawn in yep. 
Tywin Prep at PD Academy. Tywin coming off a big win over First Baptist. PD kind of been the driver's seat this whole year uh, in the 3A level. But but now, you know, they got a bye last week. Didn't have to play. Kind of the rest versus rust conversation, right? Uh, but kind of interested to see how they come out today against Pinewood Prep. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think, what, what's the story here? You know, they played – you know, Pinewood played them to a one-score game earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of – you know, PD control the game. You know, I had that film, studied it pretty good for for both teams. We played them both later. Um, you know, Hudson Spivey, you know, obviously the, the big quarterback for PD, um, you know, has got potential to take over the game. But, you know, their offensive line is huge. Their defense is very disciplined. Talked about that last week, how well coached they are. But the quarterback play of Pinewood, sophomore, Asa Wyndham, number four, how he plays is, I think, going to dictate this game. Yeah, he has the ability with his arm and just enough of his legs to make some plays, extend some plays. If he extends some plays, um, Pinewood's receivers can get free and do some things. And yeah. I think that's kind of the key. I think PD is going to be really good against the structured plays. And look, both of these teams, for people who don't know, they're very similar offensively in what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they run the same type stuff, the same type tags. I mean. Yeah, they're going to line up against each other and see the same same things they see all the time. Um, so who's going to make adjustments on that coaching staff, and who's going to be able to make some plays a little different than the X yeah. and O plays? You yeah. know, and I think that would be the difference in this ball game if if Pinewood could take advantage and hit some big plays, and they did last time. They hit a couple big mm-hmm. plays last time. They have to run the ball better than they did in the first game. Yeah, and that's a lot easier said than done. Moving the chains against some um, PD is very very tough. So, yeah. um. But you know, Pinewood does have the pieces to to make this an upset to upset win. You know, obviously, still think PD's the team team to beat, but Pinewood has the tools to get it done. Yep. Um, no, I agree. And then really, the the obviously the game that all of us are looking at is right now scheduled Friday night. All right, you got Florence Christian Wilson Hall. What I want to do is we got about six minutes. I want you in six minutes to tell me everything you plan to do Friday night <laughs> uh, against Wilson Hall. <laughs> I would I would bet us going five wide. Okay, going small spread. I like that. Yeah. I like um, that. Showing something new. Yeah, that, probably we probably won't hand it off to number four at all. At all, just just totally change the game plan. That, that's that's interesting. Right. I'll make sure to pass that information along. Right. Um, um, but no, I think a really good game. Obviously, last time the tail of two halves. Um, you know, Florida Christian came out and and y'all jumped on us, got up twenty nothing. Uh, Wilson Hall forced a turnover. Kind of saw that momentum change a little bit. Forced a three and out. Got another score. Um, you know, and then and then kind of was able to punch that last one in to, to win twenty one to twenty. And um, you know, it, obviously a good game. To, as we mentioned earlier, two good coaches, two good schools have a lot of respect for each other, and uh, really should be a good one. You know, we were talking, and I don't know if we have time to talk about it totally here, but you know, we hosted John Paul last Friday night on a game that you know, you know, wasn't hugely attended. Uh, I think it will be the opposite Friday night when Florence Christian comes to town, right? I mean, I think that that y'all are going to be bring a great crowd. It's going to be a great environment for high school football. I think out of all these games, I would argue that'll probably be the most well attended game possibly out of all of them. I don't think there's any doubt on that. Yeah. I think that the church is being put on wheels right now. The sanctuary <laughs> is going to be towed over, and and that's what a little unique about our school is yeah. we have our school, but we also we're a ministry of our church. And yeah. our church members are invested yeah. sure. in our school, and um, so it should be a good crowd, even with the even if it rains, even if it's a yeah. different day. I mean, this should be a good crowd. And it's exciting. I think it's pretty cool that it worked out like this, real for the reason that for the first time in years, we're not in each other's regions in other sports. Yeah, and you know now, so that that rivalry's been there, whether it be girls volleyball or girls sure. basketball or boys basketball, baseball, whatever. 
now it doesn't mean as much in all those games. Yeah. Well, this one means a whole lot. A big time but, in football. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, this is a, this will be a big win for either team, you know, right. obviously. So, um, you know, this, it should be fun. Should be close. Who makes the least mistakes is probably going to win. Absolutely. I, mean, I think we both are who we are. Yeah. Wilson Hall kills us with a couple trick plays, and they'll probably beat us. If we turn it over at the one again, y'all probably beat us. If we hold on to the ball, we got a chance. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to go down a while. It's going to be hard fought and fun. And what a state semifinal game should be. Should be. Well, and that's what, you know, we talked about, you know, after we won our game against John Paul, you know, we were talking about Hilton Head, Christian versus y'all. We were kind of tuning into, into y'all's game. And, sure. of course, everybody's oh, yeah. asking, well, who do we want to play? Who do we want? I'm like, look, it doesn't matter who you play at this point. It's the state semifinals, it should be a good game. You know, you got to beat good teams at this stage in the game. Yeah, you might get that first-round game, depending on your seed, where, you know, you're a PD versus a Hilton Head prep. Okay. Not as hard of a game there. Obviously, he'll never have forfeited. But but that second round, any of these games across the board, you should expect a pretty solid game. And you should because it's the state semifinals, like you said. Yeah, I mean, we got to be the underdog. We're the sixth seed, right? Oh, but, yeah. You know, but we did say all year, you know, we thought, you know, one through six is pretty tight. Correct. And then you That's see the three-six game go to pretty much the last possession, one-score yep. game. Four five game go down to the wire. Yep. And first batters missed a field goal at the buzzer. It would have won. That's correct. Yep. So, um. You know, you're talking about, you know, we're, we're pretty accurate with what we saw here. Yeah. So, um, should be Agreed. fun. All right, 4A real quick before we finish up. Trinity at Lawrence Manning. Now, Trinity beats Lawrence Manning two weeks ago, 28 nothing. Yep. You know, Lawrence Manning had a little bit of the flu, as, you yeah. know, it's been going around. Y'all know it. We've been through it. Yeah. Um, Jared DeMail with a big upset win over Ben Lippin after, you yep. know, they lost in my 30 in the regular season. Yep. So, so does Trinity have it rolling? Do they have enough to beat Lawrence, upset Lawrence Manning and make it to the state championship? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's an interesting spot for a few reasons. I know we're kind of running short time here, but you've got Will First, a first-year coach, trying to get Lawrence Manning back to the state championship and, and where they've been at the 4A, 3A, 4A level for the past few years. You've got Jared Amell with this Trinity group that really, as we've seen his teams do over the past few years, have continued to improve throughout the season and have gotten stronger. You know, early in the season, Trinity was kind of written off. I mean, they lost to Thomas Hayward. They lost a blowout game to Ben Lippin. And, and kind of fell off the face. And then little by little, they've crept back into the conversation, you know, obviously capped off by a big win against Lawrence Manning on week 10, and then turn around and upset Ben Lippin in that first round uh, of the state playoffs to, to set up this semifinal game. You know, I think across the board in a lot of these games, you know, we talked about it, that the, obviously we all want to win a state championship, but getting to that state championship is really important for a lot of programs. And I think you see a lot of teams on here. You have our game as they have on 3A. You've got uh, this game, I think, in 4A where you, either team getting to the state championship is a huge accomplishment. And I think this team definitely falls – this game falls in that category for sure. Yeah. And um, it should be nil. It's going to get on a wire. I think there's, yeah. you know – I think there's a one game in each classification, the semifinals, that it is a literally toss-up. That is yep. going to go down right to the bottom. That makes it fun. Absolutely. Um, now, on the other side, you got Ham and Porter Gout. Porter Gout, who I thought was the seventh or eighth best team earlier, is now here in the <laughs> Final Four. So, them reaching here is awesome right. for Porter yeah. Gout school. You yeah, know, who, absolutely. No, I agree with that too. And I think that, uh, you know, Hammond, obviously, you know, you, you get the right to play Hammond, which is going to be a tall task for any team. But again, porting out a team that used to be state champions in the state championship all the time, kind of falling back a little bit lately, getting back to this final four. I mean, that's another big step for the program. So, and here they are, an option team that can make the clock tick. That's yep. the magic recipe. They actually are a pretty good defensive team, really yep. disciplined to play hard. Um, well coached. So, you know, I don't think they have enough for him. Don't don't pretend I'm saying that, but don't be surprised if it's a little closer at halftime than you sure. think. Absolutely. No, I agree. But um anyway, so that's our semifinal preview. 
Don't forget, your pick'ems have to be in ASAP because games start tonight. Um, Facebook page, SCISA on Facebook. Come mm-hmm. join us, add in, get our pick'ems, and um, tell your friends about our podcast. And um, hopefully Absolutely. one of us will see you next week playing for the state championship. That's right. That's so, right. Um, but we'll be here next week. So everybody have a great one. All right. Thank you.